0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 240, 240 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and this week it's John. We welcome back our good friend, podcast veteran, and Whole Life Church executive pastor, John Monday. Thank you for joining us, John.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: And of course you know that if John's on the podcast that means he was the one who had the message this past week. So if you haven't heard the message, I would encourage you to just press pause now and then then if you are in Apple Podcast or most of your podcast listening apps just swipe up from the bottom and the show notes will be there. And there is a direct link to our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, which comes out every Tuesday evening, and it features the message from the past week and all of the whole life takeaways that are also attached to those messages. This way, you will have a complete and total rundown of what John said before we get into it as you listen to the rest of this episode. Well, And you'll be glad you did. You will be very glad you did. You know, we've now survived 2020. We survived Christmas. We made New Year's. Yeah. That's right. And all that's left to conquer is 2021. So in case that makes you feel optimistic, John decided to throw – just throw down a huge challenge this week because we need to be able to look out our windows, out into our world and look into our mirrors and find the world and ourselves to be worthy. I don't know about you, but that – Oftentimes, that is a personal challenge. So, and John, I'm not sure if you wrote the four sentences that made up the path. This message's summary paragraph. Did you? Uh,
1: this, Andy, did I write that or did you? I know I wrote something. I'm not sure think, what you turned. I
0: think, I think. No, I think you wrote it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, either so, John, we'll we'll just give you the credit. I mean, what the heck? You were the you were the speaker this week, so we'll give you credit. Uh, But since I first saw them and I've read them and I've, I've just continued to read them over and over and just wanting to repeat them to myself as much as possible, these four sentences in this paragraph read this way. You are worthy of God's love. You cannot hear this clearly enough or often enough, and you will never understand the depth of this great truth. When we look soberly at ourselves, we might be inclined to believe that we are not worthy. However, we are worthy not because we deserve the love of God, but because he has declared it so. I love that last little bit, because he has declared it so. And you know, if you're a Christian, these are sentences that seem to fall flat sometimes, or maybe they just don't resonate with you, then please let me apologize that somehow those you have seen and those you have learned about the love of God from, they've let you down and they've let all of us down because we've all been here and we've been left out in the cold about God's goodness and grace because, I mean, doesn't that just give? I mean, doesn't that just give you warm and fuzzies because d- God has declared it so? Or, or am, I, or am I out here by myself just going, man? God declared it so about Randy. I think that's pretty good.
1: Well, it, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. In fact, I'm banking on it heavily. Uh, <laughs> it, it, if it works. If it were up to me to earn it, I figured out a long time ago that it's never going to happen. Um, So I'm I'm fortunate to realize my lack of ability to earn it.
0: (laughs) Uh, And immediately, and I don't know why this always comes to mind, but every time something like this comes up, I'm always reminded of Andy, who's, you know, his infamous now is, you know, we usually think too much of ourselves than we ought. and. You know, I don't know why that one just always comes to mind and rolls off the the, the just rolls off the tongue so well, but it does.
1: And I love it too. I I think it's his mother or grandmother who used to say, "Don't think more of yourself." then you ought because other people aren't thinking of you at all or something like that.
2: Yeah. yeah no, don't, don't worry about what people think about you. They seldom do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, this message was challenging. As I said, just from a, you know, just from something that I think we all tend to struggle with as Christians. And I know for me personally, I, I wish I didn't struggle with it as much, but at the same time, I, I like John's optimism, he said, but I believe the message of the gospel has never been more relevant, more poignant, more current, and more longed for in the heart of humanity than it is today and I would also have to agree with that, and that there's just something about making it through this year and just having gone through twenty twenty and you know we're, we're you know what are we now January well today's the fifth as we're recording this. You know, and, and the election has been called, but there's still all this, you know, there's voting going on in Georgia and there's, you know, there's people worried and hand ringing, and COVID numbers are going up. And I just went and got my nose and my brain scraped again for the fourth or fifth time. Uh, negative. So I'm I'm all good. But there's well, just... Yeah, thank you. But there just seems like there's maybe no better time than we really should be this new series stewarding the gospel what when when uh, when this idea or this message was presented to you, John, what, what were you thinking as you went into this?
1: Well well to start with it was Andy's presentation of an idea so I was just extremely grateful and Andy knows it's probably how come I only preach maybe once a year <laughs> because I pretty much only have one thing to say. And and that's my understanding of the gospel. So this year, you know, Andy came and said, "Well, this is the series, and it's on stewardship." And you know, so I was like, "Yeah, great." And then he said, "No, the stewardship of the gospel." And I said, "Okay, you've got me. I, I'm I'm hooked." And then he, as as Andy does, he let me run with it, and uh, I went back and checked in to make sure I wasn't running afoul of his thinking too much, but. Yeah, I mean, the gospel fundamentally is what we are all about as a church and as Christians. And and back to your point of, you know, the, the gospel still being relevant, it's what we believe. It's fundamental to everything that we believe. We believe that we were created for the gospel. And so if the gospel is no longer relevant, then it's a denial of everything that we believe as Christians.
0: Yeah. So, how far out the outside the lines did you let him color, Andy?
1: No,
2: he, I think I think he colored really well. Did he? <laughs> I
0: thought. Yeah. Uh,
2: the concept of worthiness and and dessert were both his. Those were his, and took it in a great place. And and to have to live within the confidence that we are worthy of God's love, not because of something we've accomplished, but because He declares it so. And at the same time, that none of us deserve it. Uh, is really a, a great a great marriage of concepts.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And John, you went on to mention after the the statement about the gospel being relevant, you went on to mention objects of our worship and kind of invited us to insert our own favorite objects <laughs> without the delusion that these are anything more than you said simply a veneer over the truth that we are just worshiping ourselves and. Yeah, so you're like, okay, well, I want I want to be worthy, and I want to I want to believe that I'm worthy, and now I also have to be really honest with myself and transparent with myself because I I can't hide. And you know, I got to be transparent with God because obviously He knows everything. And I mean, how can we hope to believe those opening four sentences that we are worthy of God's love? And that we we know that we might not believe ourselves to be worthy, but we're saying that we are. But when we really get honest with ourselves and we kind of take a peek over those rose-colored glasses to reveal that veneer of our heart's desires and what we truly are worshiping, oof! that puts a lot of – I can put a lot of pressure on us to really then see through it to say, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, I'm worthy. Because now I've looked at it and said – whoa, if there was ever someone that wasn't worthy, how do we get our mind in the right place to see and be honest with ourselves, know that we have these issues, but still go back and focus on those, on those, on just being worthy?
1: Well, um, yeah. Uh, Andy, I'll let you go. I'm done pondering this for a moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a really impossibility if we if we look within ourselves to make our, to find our worthiness, <laughs> the essence the, the, the essence of the message is we're worthy because God declares it so. And it's not it's not something that we have achieved or uh, attained or reached or um, contributed to really in any way. And so that's that's the beauty of the gospel is that our worthiness is uh, is so because God declares it so
0: okay well when when we see that and when we when we grab a hold of that, it always seems to me, and again i'm just I'm talking personal here that it seems like we we take that truth to heart, and we know that we haven't we can't, we won't ever be capable of doing all the things that we need or would need to do for salvation, and we kind of tip the seesaw back to resting in God for just a little bit, and it's like, oh right yeah, that, that, that's the feeling that there's God and, you know, my prayer life gets better. Maybe my time in the Bible gets better. How do we make that time though and balance that resting in God more permanent? Or, you know, for me, I'd settle sometimes for just a little longer than the last time or a little longer than usual. Those, those seem to be the hard parts.
1: As earthbound humans, at least right now, we we're, we're in process.
0: Okay. And
1: ultimately the, the, where we ultimately want to end in our process is to rest in the the grace of God. I think there's a fascinating uh, hopefully this connects but uh, I was doing a, a study about sabbath uh, not too long ago. Okay. And in the word and the sabbath the last mention of sabbath in our bible that we customarily use is in the book of Hebrews. And a fascinating thing it came up in that said that none of the people during the time of moses ever found sabbath rest which is fascinating because they became great law keepers before they went into israel yeah and so i believe what it means there is that the sabbath rest and i'm not trying to intermingle sabbath but they didn't find sabbath rest because they never understood stopping your efforts and resting in christ okay and so and that's ultimately what we what we're pushing to is a final understanding—and we don't have it perfect, and we never will, maybe ever, but certainly not, you know, this side of eternity—that, yeah, we, I am going to trust Christ for my salvation. I'm not going to trust it to myself. And as an imperfect human who's still in process, I'm going to vacillate on that.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's interesting that they would, you know, being the rule keepers, you don't often think about it or the Israelites in in that fashion, that they wouldn't find Sabbath rest with with all like you said, all the rules that they had in place. And that just seems I guess it seems a little odd to think of it, but also if you have that constant struggle going on and who raises their hands when someone's like, So, how is your self talk? You know, or, you know, how's your view of yourself? Eh, A little deficient probably on on, on most days. And and so if we are already set with that and we kind of, you know, when we look at God's love and we know what it is, and like I said, we get in those little periods where they're really, really good. But as we perceive ourselves and then if we add to that, you know, all the meaningless stuff, that happens in life, the social media and different, you know, I look at my friends and think to myself, man, that'd be great if I had that. Or, you know, we get into all these different avenues that just make us doubt our success or our confidence or our worthiness. And you add all that together. And it seems like it's a mountain of deficiencies that you have to overcome. But I loved your daughter Taylor's story and ultimately her conclusion that you were created in the image of God. You are clothed in mercy and wrapped in grace. So you are an Adventist, a Christian, a person of faith. You're not good, not bad. You just are. I think you've raised a wise young woman there, Mr. Mister Monday.
1: Well, I will admit that when, when she came to me with that, and I really didn't prompt it. Um, she just came to me with it. And I had a, a momentary glimpse of maybe I've done something right in this. but uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: That's the hope. But, yeah, I think that is, you know, and, and if you think about it, any of us who are parents can think about our view of children and understand the truth of what Taylor said. There's, uh, you know. There's nothing that my kids are going to do to make me love them more, or to make me love them less, to make them be more worthy of my love in my eyes. And I hope everybody's blessed with parents like that. And and that's kind of the, the dichotomy that we have to to hold, that, that the idea that we have to hold in opposition about God is that we are worthy because he created us to be worthy. He made us worthy. He declared us worthy. He sacrificed his own perfect life to make us worthy. And we hold that in one hand, while at the same time we have to hold on the other hand the realization that under our own efforts, we're not worthy. We haven't done anything, and we never will.
2: We're worthy of something, but it's not good stuff. Right.
0: But
1: there's a beauty of the relationship there. We're worthy because of our relationship with Christ. Period.
0: Yeah. yeah, period. End of sentence. That's perfect. Well, and I, I thought about Taylor's story and about that conclusion and I, I've listened to it multiple times because it really was it really was impactful and it really hit home. And it, then I started thinking, all right, well, but like so many statements I believe as a follower of Jesus, as a lover of Jesus, how do I not only just of course believe it? But then how does how do I turn that into living and into a life that I truly believe and in a way that people can't help but wonder and they like need to know why that you find yourself is it self-confidence is it a need like what is it a need for or a need to express or how can we express this kind of a life where we've kind of got that balance Oftentimes, I think that's what's missing in most of our lives is balance. You might be really good at one thing and not so good at another. And if you could just put a little balance to it, you'd probably be pretty okay overall. And that's where I just kind of struggled with this to think to myself, how do we live in such a way or what does it look like that we find that balance where like, okay, I'm worthy, but then again, I don't want to think too much of myself more than we ought And I know it's not me. I know it's God, but I also want to do not a part for the saving, but a part for the proselytizing, for the the good message, for this you know, sending out the gospel, and to live a life that makes me happy. Because the more I do, and the more I'm like God, and the more I trust, and the more I realize that He's worthy, I'm worthy because He made it so. Well, then that that should look like something.
2: I, I think it's just it's a it's a clarity of coming to realize that there's no meritorious ability.
0: Right. You know,
2: we, yeah. want to, we want to live God pleasing lives. My dad is as is John's. are both Are both of our dads are dead, but they were people we felt unconditional love from. I don't think whatever I would have achieved in life or done uh, that was total debauchery would have affected that love for me. Okay. Yeah. My dad's love for me and I believe God's love for me is clearly not is not about me on what i do to either earn it or or try to push it away it's it's really the love of the father and he he we that's why we're worthy because he declares us so it's certainly not because we are um <laughs> yeah. it's, it's his declaration
1: and i do think there's another there's a mentality that we can begin to get into that i think is an outflow of our of the salvation and the rest that we find in in god And that is getting out of our own heads. If you're talking about, you know, how do we, um, how and to summarize what you said, if I had it right, how do we become attractive to the world? How do we become people that others say, yeah, I want to be like that. And I think there's there's one really simple answer. And I've seen this in people who are Christians and I'm seeing this in people who are not. But I believe it always comes from God. When somebody genuinely cares about me i tend to think they are a good person so uh, when when we're engaged with somebody and as somebody who truly has their best at heart then that becomes attractive mm-hmm. and on the occasions when you can engage with somebody and you know in the past year there have been so you know with the election with you know with the race relations with many 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 things there have been so many times when it feels like we're forming up teams on our side (laughs) and our team's job is to destroy you.
0: Yeah. But when you
1: engage, who might see things differently than you, maybe radically differently from you, but then they realize that you're not trying to destroy them, that you are, even if you never agree with them, you are going to be somebody who looks out for them, who wants the best for them, who is. Trying to help them, and I don't mean help them see the light. I mean help them. You yeah. know, somebody who cares. About them. Then I, I think that it becomes very, very attractive.
0: Yeah, that is definitely true, because I think that is probably the easiest thing for us to, like you said, you you want to do those things, you want to be helpful, and you wanna you want to just be that person, and that's probably the most genuine thing that we can do whether we're, you know, we're not necessarily trying to proselytize, we're just trying to be nice to people, we're trying to just, you know, be Jesus to somebody and that's like you said, I, I agree with you. I've seen that in people that are, you know, claim to be Christian, people that want to be as distant from Christianity as possible for a multitude of reasons, and you see it in all those different kinds of people from all walk of life whether you're religious or not and to make it – and I, I want it to be also – like you said, you want it to be attractive to someone so that we would like people to you know, understand the gospel and under, meet Jesus if they haven't and enjoy the, the life of knowing Jesus and having him as your personal friend and Savior. But you kind of kill two birds with one stone because when you're in that mindset, it's almost not about – Proselytizing. It's just about being a good person and, you know, the love of God and, and the realization that you are worthy and the happiness that that brings and the calm and, you know, you're not as, shouldn't be as stressed out. You should be, you know, a confident person. That is attractive, but it's also real. It's not, it's not fake. And I think that's what maybe is the most attractive, that it really is the real deal. And I mean, I know it's, I, I don't want to say, I want to say, and really that shouldn't be that difficult, but oddly enough, it, it, a lot of times, can, <laughs> a lot of times it can be. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, well, it's not where our mind goes because sometimes it feels like, um, it, it feels like working against what you believe oh, to help true. somebody who believes differently than you. And, um, You know, so God tells us a lot of things that are counterintuitive in our own human way of thinking.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm glad you said that. Speaking of counterintuitive, John really threw down, I mean, we've already been through a little bit, but he asked us to believe that not only do we have to accept ourselves as worthy, but, you know, like the commercials on at 2 a.m., but wait, there's more. Also, we need to view everyone else in the same way worthy. And John broke it down into different groups and different kinds of people and different kind of viewpoints, different kinds of worldviews. But the groups you listed and, you know, feel free as you're listening to insert your own. But John said, Republican or Democrat, worthy. Black, Asian, white, Hispanic, worthy. Poor, rich, worthy. Communist, capitalist, worthy. Christian, Hindu, pagan, Muslim, Jew, atheist, or, and I really liked, or even an SDA, (laughs) worthy. Worthy transgender, white supremacists, black nationalists, all worthy. And when you start to think about the people that if any of those like raised a little hair on the back of your neck or you go, oh man, that that's a, I, if you have to stop and think about it, then it might be someone that you're thinking to yourself, really worthy. And when you really start to think about the biases that we all have from a multitude of things that, you know, the list go on and on, if you can ex- accept yourself The next step is really making sure that we are if, again, the balance we just talked about, that should help us get over those humps where we just haven't been able to accept people in the past. Right.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, whether it's that list or come up with your own list. Right. Yeah. if, if If you heard something on that list. And you weren't able to say yes, God created them worthy, but you did come around to the idea that God created you worthy. (laughs) Then that presents a problem
2: of just a little little
1: bit. Somebody else. So yeah, I mean, if uh, if it made anybody's hair on the back of their neck stand up, um, it, it. I labored over the list. Uh, It made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Sure. But I either believe that God created everybody in his image, or I have to examine the notion that he created me in his image.
0: Yeah. So where do we start if a group, or it may not be in this list, like you said, it might be in your own personal list. But if you find somebody that you're just trying to go, whew, Worthy. Yeah. Yeah. They got to be worthy because I, I believe it. I know it to be true, but it, whatever, it makes me upset or <laughs> I haven't wrapped my mind around it yet. Where do we start if we aren't there yet? How would we go about that in a way that can be good for our, us? It can be well, good for them. Is there a way that we, we can do this and be nice and, you know, cordial and yeah, all those things?
2: Part of what happens if we're doing that is back to my. You already quoted me, but and I'm quoting Paul. To, to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. If yeah. we tend to think another person less worthy because we we look, we look at their behaviors or their choices or their ideology, their theology, and it doesn't match ours. Mm-hmm. And and so therefore we assume ours to be superior, which makes us superior, and therefore they aren't worthy. And and that's just. A bunch of bunk. Um, the reality is, no one is no one is worthy in themselves, and everyone is worthy because God declares it. So,
0: that's great. So, it, if we're having trouble, it's probably just a look to the inside, and maybe a little more time in prayer and <laughs> and searching for uh, some well, answers for that worthiness for talk, ourselves.
2: Yeah, we talked about it a lot is is being in touch being in touch with our own human depravity. Reminds us that our worthiness is not in us. It's in, it's in his declaration of it. I don't think I have a, I, I'm sure I'm delusional about parts of who I am, but <laughs> my, my human depravity, I'm not very delusional about. You know, I mean, the reality is, given time and circumstances, I'm going to make bad choices.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: You know, and without his intervention and his, and his engagement, it's a mess. Um, but I'm worthy
0: because he declares it to be so. That's it. John, before we start wrapping up, anything that you maybe caught off guard with as you were preparing it, anything you thought you were going to do one thing and you ended up doing another or something you just felt like you walked away with that you weren't expecting or maybe you were expecting and it just solidified it more that you came out with after all, uh, prep, all your prep and, and actually speaking the message?
1: It occurred to me anew the simplicity of the gospel. A great pastor, when I was very young, once said that the Bible is simple enough and the gospel of the Bible is simple enough that anybody can understand it. And it is of great enough depth, the gospel of grace, that nobody can ever fully comprehend it. And so at one point I said, you know, I was going to preach through the Bible in 10 minutes, which, you know, was a a little bit flippant, but I really mean it. I think that the simple message of God created us, we messed up. He gave us every opportunity to see how we messed up and to try and save ourselves. And then he provided a way for us to be saved and knowing that we could never save ourselves. Yeah. And everything fits in
0: that for me, oh, I like that. I like the simplicity of it and just the the idea when you said the ten minutes i I knew immediately what you meant and and resonated with it. and I think that's a great thing to remember is it can be so overwhelming sometimes of all the different things where we read about and you want to study more about and you want to understand more and there's things that we probably will never know or understand like you said this side of heaven but to remember that when it comes to the gospel and it comes to grace it's pretty easy we'll never fully understand it but it really is simple and it's just uh something we should hold on to and not make it so difficult all the time because we're really good at that absolutely <laughs> so
1: yeah it's good for us to celebrate and enjoy it
0: absolutely Well, this week, one of our Whole Life Takeaways asked, if we are worthy by no effort of our own, why are there so many verses telling us how to behave, how to act, how to be righteous? I think we just talked about that a little bit. But the whole part of us figuring this out, because we like to play the role of, well, we'd like to give a little bit of effort. And if the effort is really in sharing the gospel, I mean, what better gift could we give? I mean, effort for ours and, of course, other salvation. That's part of sharing the good news, isn't it? So how will others know that they're worthy if I don't share the good word and all the verses that will help them with the straight and narrow? And I just I'm trying to say that without laughing, and I'm doing doing pretty good job. I think I'm gonna make it through. <laughs> Finally, I, though, in the back, I can hear someone shouting, "Well, John, that's just watered down grace. No effort sounds like no salvation to me because you know we gotta have a <clears throat> part. We gotta have a part in this.
2: Efforts well, never wrong. <laughs> it's just it's just not meritorious." <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that.
1: And I would say it's, I would say undiluted grace is the understanding of exactly what Andy just said. That, you know, undiluted grace is the understanding that we can never merit it. We can never earn it. Nothing we do say or accomplish has anything to do with it. And I would say if we mix any of our effort into grace, then it now becomes watered down
0: to the point that it,
1: in fact, longer grace.
0: Now, there you go. Put that one on loop for the in your uh, podcast app for about 30 seconds and just put that one on loop in case you're just <laughs> thinking to yourself, man, guys, this all sounds good and I want to believe it. I want to put it into practice. Just put that part in. And anytime you hear someone say watered down grace, just go ahead and play that one back. Put this one in your favorites and you'll never, never have to remember. Again, you can just go back. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's what the watered down grace really means. But I'd love to hear from you. What about you? Do you believe you are worthy by no effort of your own? If so, let me know why or why not. Send us a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or as always in the email to podcast at wholelife.church. I would love to share that with others if you are so inclined. Our final thoughts are from the closing to John's message. He said, every person you encounter today and every day is worthy of God's love. And every person you encounter needs to hear that and be shown that by you. ooh, that's another one. There's a bunch of stuff. You could just be putting these all on your, you know, If every time I tell you to put something on your bathroom mirror, you wouldn't be able to see to shave or to brush your teeth in the morning. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't be able to get your car. The AC in your car wouldn't work because it'd be too many post-it notes all over the vents. You wouldn't do that. But this is a, there's some good stuff here today that every time we feel like it's just like we're not doing it right or it's all too much or we're having trouble with someone, just come back and remember this one. All right. John, we've gone way longer than normal, but I kind of anticipated that, and I appreciate your message very, very much. And thanks for coming on and giving us a little bit more insight. And next week, Andy, what? Stewarding the Gospel of Unfairness. Who's uh, who's, uh, who's up? That'll be me. Oh, Andy's yep. back. Andy's yep, back. I'm back. Unfairness? <laughs> is, is, unfairness. Is the world yep. unfair, Andy?
2: Well, you know, how many times can you hear, have you heard your kids say that's not fair?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It probably is. It probably is. All right. Well, cool. Well, that, John, thank you again for coming and, and uh, spending time with us. I really, really appreciate it. So next Tuesday, Speaking of Grace, as always, on Tuesday evening, and then we'll be back next Wednesday, as always. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.